Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Welcome back, and this is going to be our number 11 episode, and a little bit of a fun one, get to know the addiction doctors featuring the Charlie Resnikoff. Oh, boy. (laughs) And Dr. Heather Bell and Dr. Kurt Devine. And so what we wanted to do today was just maybe let people kind of figure out who who we are behind these microphones just a little more. So we've compiled some really fun questions that each of us are going to have to Mind ask. you, you came up with these questions while we were supposed to be working I was yesterday. supposed to be doing a different talk, and this came to me. There I went do, a squirrel. I do my best creative work when I'm procrastinating. <laughs> yes. So I tell myself to keep myself procrastinating. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I'm on my way somewhere, and then I went somewhere else. Yeah. But, you know. So we're going to start. I, should we start with just, should we mix it up? We don't have to do it in order. Sure. Start with the second one, maybe. I was thinking the last one. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Since you're the old one, who is your, besides yourself, because you are considered a historical figure when you are old, (laughs) who is the most historical figure, your favorite, or influential teacher? Because I'm just not a history person, so I don't really have a favorite historical thing. Well, I think I'm going to go with the teacher, the influential teacher for for 10. Oh, this isn't a a show. Never mind. (laughs) This is not Jeopardy. Uh, Actually, it would have to be uh, my English teacher when I was in... uh, when I was in high school, yeah. Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins, and here's what here's why it's because you would say, Mr. Collins, can I go to the bathroom? I don't and, know. Can you? And he would say, Mr. Devine, can you go to the bathroom? I don't know. <laughs> may you go to the bathroom? Yes, you may. Uh, wait, what year was this? I was a junior. Oh. <laughs> he still didn't and, know. And, still that, figured it out. and that made such an impression upon me forty years ago. It's still there. Yeah. Charlie, forty, 40 years ago, I was. My mom wasn't even an adult yet. Charlie was seven. <laughs> oh gosh! Five in terms of historical figures and or uh, influence. Let's go with the influential teacher first. Uh, you know, I mean, my tenth or eleventh grade, I can't remember. Bill Keys, who was the English teacher, who every single sentence had a red mark on it, and you also you get like C's all year, and then he, you know, he'd give you like a B or an A at the end of the year. So, but every paper you felt like every sentence of every paper had a comment on it. Uh, and uh, he just broke you down and built you back up. So Bill Keys for sure. Uh, and then uh, we the anatomy class for medical school totally changed my life. Mm. Well, I was going to say, you must have had Dr. Repish, but you didn't because you no. didn't go to Duluth. Back Human to, anatomy. Back was, to Mr. Keys. Was yeah. he single that he had enough time to go through all of those things? I don't know what. No, you know, he was married, and but he just... I, I, it he is amazing red. how much time he spent. Yeah, he liked right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing how much time he spent on every single paper. It was amazing, and mm. I still remember him because of that. So mm. that's interesting. You're yeah. last, Heather. I'm last, so I have two. If we're going back to before senior high, senior graduation, my second grade teacher, Jean Amanetti. I, it was a big year in second grade. I had my first perm. I had two sisters be born on opposite sides of my family. It was just a, a big year, and she was just that teacher. We're looking for those perm pictures. <laughs> and then my favorite professor, in college, probably not my favorite, but the most influential one based on what you just said about the grading. Um, I don't even know his first name, but Dr. Schmidt. 
Um, I don't even know if that's even how what his real last. We call him the Schmitty guy. <laughs> he was a, a, a chemistry teacher, inorganic and organic chemistry, which we all love. I did. And the best thing was is we'd have a Schmitty curve. So he would base his curve based on what the class did. Mm. So if the highest grade in the class was like 65%, 60 to 65% would be an A. So the Schmitty curve, you couldn't beat it. Mm. How about biggest epic failure in medical school? Charlie? Oh, God. Is there an epic (laughs) failure? Uh, Yeah, so I was really into ultimate Frisbee. Mm. And I was like a traveling competitive team for ultimate Frisbee. So I competed for University of Wisconsin. And then I competed for the um, the Madison club team. Uh, And it was really the best team in Wisconsin. And we traveled all over the nation, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, so in 2001, we qualified for the national championships. Wow. And I was in medical school in rotations on pediatrics. And I had already kind of was like, yeah, I don't like pediatrics. I feel like uh, we'll talk about pediatrics another time. Not for me. Not for me. <laughs> you, that's, I mean, like addiction medicine to me is the opposite of pediatrics. People making terrible choices and you can like hold them accountable. Whereas pediatrics, I feel like there's some innocent child and you had to talk to the parents, whatever. Uh, so I was just not, I was just not into pediatrics. I, see, I think it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of pediatricians are like, I don't know. I, anyways, I went to the head of the clinical rotation and I was like, well, I'm going to be needing a four day weekend because I have qualified for the ultimate national championships. And she just looked at me like, Okay. And I got a uh, lower grade in that course. I, I got demerited. I did not do well in that course. Ooh. But I went to the national championships. There you go. Oh, uh, shoot. I should need to have some. Wah, wah. <laughs> you, got the lower, you got the lower grade. Yeah, I'm not going to disclose the grade. But let's put it this way. I shouldn't be taking care of your children. <laughs> <laughs> He's not inpatient. That's noted. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Unless they have addiction. You know, maybe you could maybe, handle that. Maybe. You know, when I was a uh, first year, the, uh, we had embryology, which I, I hated. Because I had literally just become from embryology when you were a first-year medical student. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and it was a stupid little course, like just a credit or two, but you had to pass this thing. And I didn't, didn't know anything yet. I basically studied <laughs> yeah. it almost. I almost studied nothing for this thing. And I get the results back, and I failed this test. And I'm thinking, there's no way. I mean, yeah. I thought I was fine. And I go in to talk to him. He wants to talk to me. I had not filled out the last page. <laughs> and so he says, I'll ask you one of these questions, and if you can get that one right, you pass. Yeah, yeah which I nailed. But yeah. it was, like, scary. What yeah. a failure. I, I, I literally left the whole page empty. Okay, here's mine. I disclosed this last night. First year of medical. I had never studied for anything in my entire life. Oh, yeah, you're one of those. Ever. Not even the MCAT. Like, really, I flipped through my MCAT book, you know, the Kaplan book you get, and I would be watching, like, The Bachelorette or something while studying. So I really just never studied. Get to medical school, anatomy, I didn't do great, but I did okay, but principles. So there's four tests in the first, you know, principles, which is, like, your biochem, your genetics, your pharmacology, or whatever. Four tests, cumulative grade between four tests, whatever. I failed three out of four tests. Nice. Failed. Epic fail. But genetics, the genetics test, I got a 99%. It's weird. Did that carry you through? I passed principles. And I didn't even do like the worst in the class just because I did so well in genetics. 
and you were also a genetic anomaly. So yeah. it all worked out. Hey, I got, yeah, one, I got I, one more I got to share. Okay. Epic fail. Okay, so I did a summer internship in a research lab. I do not belong in research. So I spent- No research on kids. That would combine the problems. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm doing cell cultures. Uh, I'm trying to culture these different cell lines and study- receptors and blah, 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 blah. So I've got the cell culture with the intervention group and the control group, and I'm spending all freaking summer trying to make these cells grow. And then finally I get to the end of the summer and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the end, it's the time. So I harvest my cells and then you spin them down in a centrifuge and you put them through a flow cytometer, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So I get to the point of no return and I've got the cells, the, the control group in one test tube, the experimental group in the other test tube, and I load them into the centrifuge. And I literally, I said, okay, control group on the right, experiment group on the left, close the centrifuge and hit go. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as the centrifuge stopped spinning, I opened it up and I was like, oh, <laughs> Should have marked them. <laughs> it was so a little Sharpie would have saved you. <laughs> a little, I was a little dull. Oh I could God. use a little more Sharpie. <laughs> All right, next Heather, yeah. Um, why addiction medicine? Oh, why addiction medicine? That's a great question. Because it happened. <laughs> to be honest, I was going to be. But what's interesting about it? what? Well, draws I was go- see. I was going to be. I was going to live in some penthouse in Chicago, and I was going to be a maternal fetal medicine doctor, yeah. high risk OB doctor, or infertility. I was like super into both, and I've actually been published in residency. Keep moving on infertility <laughs> and primary care. So, like, I know about the, see genetics that all carried through, and here I am, a little false doing family medicine, and then addiction happened. I just find it fascinating because of kind of what you said about the kids. Yeah. You know, it's this interesting way of looking at things but then i'm just gonna bite myself later when i say this now is that the whole genetic thing my whole family is addicted to something (laughs) and just interesting to see that and then when you see people come out the other side and thrive and it's it's just a different world but yeah no it was never a dream of mine to to do addiction charles Okay, yeah, I mean, I've thought about this. So this is a little bit of a canned answer, but it's it's very real. The, f- the first, there's like the, there's kind of three levels. One level is, I don't know why I just liked it. Like ever since I was a teenager, I was listening to music and I'd pick out the songs about drugs and I'd be fascinated by them. I've always just been interested in it. And when I, when I was in internal medicine residency, Everybody would complain about the alcoholic patients or the drug addicted patients, but I'd go in there and I'd love it. You know, I would mm-hmm. come out and I'd be like, I, I could talk to that person, no big deal. So then I had, there was a moment, which is like the magical moment for me, which is I was an intern and a young man who was an IV heroin user. I didn't know I was going into addiction medicine at the time. A young man who was an IV heroin user overdosed and was saved by EMS. They brought him to the hospital and they heard a murmur. And they were worried he had endocarditis. So they admitted him to the hospital to get an echo and to rule him out, blah, blah, blah. Turned out the murmur was a split S2. He just had like an old atrial septal defect. He had never gotten proper, you know, pediatric care, family medicine care. So someone would have heard this already. That's but nobody... because you were probably his pediatrician. Yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> so he had just like gotten no health care up to this point. He was like an 18-year-old who overdosed and nearly died. Anyways, so, and, and I met this guy and I'd like, I remember like he got, he had heroin addiction. He was like the first heroin addicted patients I met. I met and I kind of talked to him and I kind of understand him. He told me about his family and its upbringing and it was really powerful. 
and he told me, I'm going to quit, I promise. And I was like, I felt really powerful and awesome. And he left. And now in retrospect, I'm like, what does that mean when someone just says, I'm going to quit because I want to? Uh, it's not that easy. So then randomly, two days later, I was walking down the hallway and a phone randomly rang for real. And the receptionist picked it up and was like, yeah, uh, yeah. And was like, Charlie, I happened to be walking by, called me over and he's like, this is that patient who was admitted the other day and handed me the phone. And I was like, hello. And it was that same patient. And he was crying because he had relapsed. Uh, and it was like, not only, not only the whole experience, but also like he randomly called a phone number and it was randomly rang when I just happened to be there. And then he was crying to me like, what should I do? What should I do? And I was like, I honestly, I don't know what you should do. And so I connected with him and that kind of magical moment where I didn't have the answer for him. And, and then the final reason why I went into addiction medicine is I used the gym in the hospital next to Gavin Bart. And as I was a resident, he would be in the gym when I was in a gym. He was the new director and he just offered me a sweet job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, kind of all added up, you know, and, you, you know, and so I went for it. Well, so can I get, I'm going to interrupt you. No, I'm going to give you my do, divine so. intervention yeah. story like yours yeah. with a random phone call. Yeah. So super randomly, my bachelorette party, so back 2008. I think we're going the wrong direction. We here. are going the wrong direction. But so this is, I'm beginning of my fourth year med school. So this is not, clearly at this point, I had yet to even decide family medicine. Mm -hmm. And we were, it, the day was cold and rainy and totally got rained out. It was totally a bust. But we were at this bar in Red Wing, Minnesota. And all my college friends were all there and the phone rings at the bar. And this bartender is like, uh, is there a Heather here? Nice. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm not from Red Wing. Like, this never been in this bar before. And so I get to the phone and it's this girl who's like in a panic on the phone. And she's talking like, I don't know you. She goes, what? And so we kind of realize I don't know who this person is, but I'm on the phone with her. And she's like in a panic and she's talking about somebody who now looking back was having an opioid overdose huh. she's like what do i do and i'm like walking her through this i was on the phone with this girl for 45 minutes at my bachelorette party walking her through how to do cpr huh. while somebody else she's screaming trying to get other people there one of my friends calls 911 we get the address get ems there but i'm walking her through cpr and all huh. of this um don't know this person it's amazing. So the, yeah. the EMS actually tracked me down like a week later because, you know, we had figured that out. You were arrested <laughs> <laughs> for practicing without a license. Right. Exactly. But the EMS tracked me down later and we're like, how did this happen? I'm like, I don't know. They called the bar looking for Heather. So it must be somebody else in their life they were trying to get help from. I just happened to be there. And they were like, well, are you a doctor? Well, no, but like I'm in medical school, you know, and they're like, how did you, you know, it was like this big ordeal, but uh. this find out this was like a, an over somebody almost died and i walked them through their addiction thing and still yeah. never clicked until a decade later that's crazy cool. mm. kurt kurt just needed to retire yeah i mean i was thinking <laughs> retire or take the addiction boards and uh no i think what hooks you in addiction is it only takes that one person that completely turns their life around and like in our case uh, now works for us in our as a nurse yeah. Uh, and I she think she works that, with us, not she really works, for yeah, us. Yeah, she works with us. But I think, really, when we look at early on when we started to do this before we were board certified, it was, it was, it was those things that hook you and make you think you got to keep doing more. Like there's just not a there's so much you can do, 
And I think that when we were just doing opioids, it was like, eh, there's so much more. And and I think that that was a real hook. It's success. And they don't all succeed. I mean, we've all been there. Uh, some some don't. But the ones that change their life, I think you, you see them downtown and you're like, okay, this yeah. is the right thing to do. Yeah. Sounds I, sappy, but that's really. I love about addiction medicine that it's sort of right on that edge of like new science, but also there's still a lot of art of medicine. Yeah. And it's it's like an emerging field. You're in an emerging field at a critical time. It's really exciting. It is really exciting. Yeah. You know, it's cool. I mean, new new therapies coming out, different things. It's yeah. going to be, I mean, it's going to be really interesting over the next five years. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question because you yeah. said that whole you're a teenager listening to all the music and yeah. all about drugs. And yeah. so flip side, I was living in a house where, you know, we had marijuana and cocaine yeah, yeah. and alcohol everywhere. Yeah. And everyone's like, how did you not, because my ACE score is ridiculously high. And how did you not just do that? Like, how did, you know, like that, they always ask me that. And, you know, my whole reason for not doing that was not a great one. It was just despite everybody who thought I would do it. How did you not go down that route rather the other route? Me? Yeah, just, um, I mean, listening to it and getting into that kind of, like, what you talk about with the whole music and the grunge and all of the, the punk rock and... Yeah, I, I like, uh, gosh, I don't know how much I should say. I think it's pretty safe, but um, so my my brother is 10 months older than me and is adopted. And he, but he was adopted at one month age. And we are, like, as close as any brothers can be. So super close, and it was an amazing childhood. We were, like, fraternal twins. But we were exposed to a lot of the same things and did a lot of the same dumb stuff. I mean, I did a lot of dumb stuff when I was 15 years old. You mm -hmm. know, all the normal dumb stuff, I did it. And he did it. But it was like I stopped at 95% and he went until 105%. He was like, whatever the line was, I was somehow able to stop just short of it. And he would cross it because it felt a little thrilling to cross the line. Gotcha. And why was it? I don't know why. Why did I? Why did I always stop just short of trouble? And he just got went just until he got in trouble. <laughs> and what was it in each of us that made that happen? And I can't say. I don't think anyone can ever say. And you know, I just talked to my brother last night, and he's he's doing great. He's like an amazing human being, a musician. He part of the reason I love music is him. But that's that whole like, why did why did you know the dice landed a certain way for me, and the dice landed a slightly different way for my brother? That's Super no cool because I mean it's like the one of the upcoming talks we're gonna discuss today yeah. the whole genetics yeah. thing and the yeah. nature and nurture and it's very interesting. Yeah, let's do simple ones. Favorite food, Heather Bell. Favorite food. Oh, gosh. I, again, I can't answer this question with one food. You have to. Yeah. I, yeah. One food. It's tough. Yeah, there's only one food left on Earth. What, uh, what is it? Scallops. Ooh, scallops is a really excellent choice. I love scallops. But not too cooked. I, you not can't overcook no. a scallop. No, they get rubbery. Yeah. yeah. But I hate mushrooms because they're rubbery, so it's uh, weird. Have you ever had there. a morel? Oh. Yeah, they're happening there. right now. Oh, yeah. I had some this weekend. Did yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. We were out on a hike, and we saw there were just people morel hunting in all the state forests right now. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with shrimp. Oh, no, that's not what you said last night. <laughs> it's shrimp or chicken marsala Until you get made gout. the correct way. <laughs> Until you get gout. I was, uh, I've told her this story, but I was in Guatemala, and we were at this place, and they would bring in fresh shrimp, oh, and yeah. they were the size of a chicken breast. Split, yeah. They'd split them. Yeah. What's that called again? Not shrimp, but there's another word. Um, prawns. Yeah, they're like prawns, giant prawns. 
It'll come to me later. Whatever they were, it's like I ate five of them for, what, six meals in a row. And you'd never had a gouty attack. Not yet. Not yet. Charlie, where are you going to go? Okay, well, the the, I could eat it every day for the rest of my life, and I love them as apples. But the like... You you and my 10-year-old. Oh, jeez, I love apples. I'm underwhelmed. But, But I think the true food that's magical for me is the perfect peach. Like I to me, one out of ten peaches is actually perfect, and most of them are a little mealy or just not and ripened or bruised or whatever. But to me, a perfect peach is. I love that. I love that sweet. I love kind of the sweet, tart, fruity stuff. Mm. I don't know. Okay, that was just like. Yeah, it's like how about chicken marsala? <laughs> no, no way. Man. So what? So what kind of apples do you eat? Like, what's your favorite? Well, I mix it up. I mean, I it. I go with. Uh, I mix it up, but uh, I think. Um, some of those that are made with the Minnesota, you know, obviously honey, honey crisp is honey good crisp. and sweet tango is good. But there's this, what is it called? Uh, First kiss. Oh, those That's are good. a good one. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, oh, what's it called? Snow sweet. I think it's called. There's another one called snow sweet. Sweet sixteen. I don't eat all apples. these local apples. They're, they're so good. They're really good. We have and applesauce. Cut- I make my own applesauce every year. It's super mm-hmm. good. We have to cut my ten year old off at like three apples a day. Let's do one last question. Langostines. Langostines. Langostines is the right. name of the fancy fancy shrimp name. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. these things were like they were awesome. as big as your hand. Yeah. Awesome. If you could meet one historical figure and have yeah. a conversation, I, I, who would it be, Charles? Well, so the historical figures is so tough because I feel like all of them wouldn't fit in with today's, you know, today's ethics. Any name your historical figure, I mean, like Lincoln probably would is amazing so it's easy to say lincoln but then if you once you talk to him you probably i'd probably be a little walk away a little disappointed i think that's probably how it would be with anybody yeah with all these historical figures you walk away a little disappointed um i'm just gonna go ahead and say brett Favre. (laughs) (laughs) oh my i thought they (laughs) he's a historical figure okay in that that. case i want tom brady wait what do you mean when you want tom brady what does that mean (laughs) he is the goat Uh, i will give you a tom brady goat off with uh brett Favre any day so you're a dimple girl i he he's got the whole package Mm -hmm. you know i (laughs) see sadly i'd go for a real historical figure like ben franklin it's like what's i mean that guy had look at the inventions look at the stuff he had going yeah, you know, I think yeah. Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, I th- look at the stuff that guy had going. I think if you could have, if someone could, ha- if I had the opportunity to have a real conversation with some creative genius from the past, you yeah. know, one of the Greek philosophers, or maybe you know, some great artist from the past, maybe Leonardo da Vinci. It, it, it'd probably be really annoying to talk to Leonardo da Vinci. He'd probably be totally distracted and <laughs> <Yeah>. not focused. But <laughs> it's someone- like talking to Kurt every <laughs> day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we're going to have to end this because it's going to be like 90 minutes long otherwise. Yes. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so we, we better, yeah, so we better, we got to move on should to we do, Should we do a rapid fire, like one word answer? Let's do a couple of rapid fires. Sure. Okay. Sure. You do, You we'll each do one to the other. Like, like we say one word, you say a word. Oh, okay. An association. Association. Word association. Oh, Trouble. <laughs> okay, you can start. Why do I have And then to... we both have to answer that one. You just I'm so confused. Say, say one word, like. Pizza. Uh, oh, mushrooms. Oh, uh, the word that came to my mind is toes. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I'm probably crazy. 
fetish. I mean, toes are just like mushroom toes. I think. I- <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know why. We might happened. need a little prep work for this word association rapid fire. Maybe another podcast. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I like that association on pizza. Yeah. Um, how about uh, wine? Country? I was going to say red. <laughs> Back to wine your English teacher. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do I go? Pick a word. Uh, it's maybe two words pine needle. I was thinking pineapple when I heard pine. I say lumber. Because uh, I'm a woodworker. Mm. If you got pine needles, you must have lumber. Got it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. Band? <laughs> yes, I guess the band's going to have to play. Battle legs, go for it. Yeah, so Battle legs on Facebook. Thank you. Oh, my name is Jacques Stewart. I'm a candy gunman and a roving young fellow I have been. So be easy and free when you're drinking with me. I'm a man you don't meet every day. I have acres of land. I have men at command. I have always a shilling So be easy and free When you're drinking with me I'm a man you don't meet every day So come fill up your glasses Of brandy and wine Whatever it costs I will pay So be easy When you're drinking with me, I'm a man you don't meet every day. Every day.